My name is Kevin Wag Williams. I'm a painter, creative, figurative storyteller for the culture. You are listening to Studio Noise Podcast. Black creativity is unstoppable. The Studio Noise Podcast takes you into the studio with Black artists and creatives making the art that moves the culture. You get to feel all the inspiration, technique, and passion behind the people making paintings, making sculptures, making prints, making noise. It's the Studio Noise Podcast with your host, Jamal Barber. It's the noise. Yes, it's your boy, Jay Barber. Studio Noise, the voice of black art, bringing you the very best in black contemporary art. From the creators, the artists, the makers, the curators, the collectors, everybody in between that make this art world go round. All the black folks that's out there doing that good work, having them good conversations, baby. We're going to bring it to you right here on Studio Noise, brought to you by Black Art in America. Make sure you check them out at blackartamerica.com. Visit the Black Art America Gallery, 1802 Conley Drive, East Point, Georgia. I'm so excited that we have a new partner with Black Art in America. That's going to be some exciting stuff happening with Baya down there, recording episodes, doing special programs, so much stuff. Tune in for everything we got coming out of there. It's going to be fantastic. Right off the bat, make sure to announce if you hadn't noticed already, uh, new episodes of Studio Noise are moving to Fridays. Uh, This is a one man band, so we got to adjust to my schedule a little bit. And this schedule this semester has been crazy. I'm teaching at Georgia State, uh, help opening up the brand new Atlanta Printmakers Studio facility down there in Hateville. And I'm teaching the first relief printmaking class in a new space. I'm just doing everything I can to kick it off and make sure that this group, this wonderful, fantastic arts organization gets into their new home, gets built in the community, want to bring people in. Want to make sure everybody know about Atlanta Printmaker Studio. Y'all come by. We got the grand opening. It's January 28th. If you can't make that, if you don't listen, to, <laughs> you don't, right, frankly, if you don't listen to this episode in time, it's still open. They got classes. They got equipment. Become a member. Support is fantastic. I'll be there and everybody else. All the, all the great printmakers that we know around. Printmaking is such an awesome community, yo. Uh, just be a part of it. But anyway, we got that. Uh, of course, I got the podcast. Of course, I got my own work. Of course, I got some oh, some new stuff coming up. I can't announce yet, uh, but a lot of good things coming. So uh, we're moving to Fridays is the best way for me to make time and still adjust. Uh, make sure I do the interviews, get the schedule going, all that good stuff. And so Fridays, 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 check us out. Keep sending me your guest suggestions. Right now, I got a big old list <laughs> of everybody that's been suggested to me. And, you know, it takes a little while for schedules to get together. I got to look them up, make sure we got something to talk about, all that good stuff. But I add them all to the list. Everybody's in consideration. It might take a while. Some people are easy to get to <laughs> and some people are not. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now for sure. But there's no guarantees that I'll be able to get them. But believe me, I do try. And so this big art world that we talk about, this interaction that we have in, I love it. Let's keep it up this whole year. Right here on Studio Noise, you can follow us at Studio Noise Podcast on IG. Connect with our website, www.studionoisepodcast.com. I got to be honest with you. So one thing, one reason I had to take a little break from the podcast a little bit is I got some news, some family news, uh, the type of news you never really want to get. And, you know, it's a lot to deal with sometimes. So I had to take a little break. Uh, Actually, your boy was down bad. I ain't going to lie to you. (laughs) I wasn't answering emails and missed a couple of deadlines 
uh, all that good stuff. But, you know, trying to get myself back together. So all the stuff um, is a little off, but we rescheduling, trying to get everybody going again. We got some fantastic interviews lined up already. And so we're getting back into it and Studio Noise will be back at full power in no time. One day I am going to have a conversation about um, mental health stuff and just, uh, you know, art artists living and dealing with life and stuff and how that affects your art. I think that's an important conversation. We've never really had that conversation yet. We've talked a little bit about the ins and outs of how we do things and what people go through, but we never really asked or talked about in detail how to deal with it. So maybe we'll do that, Joe, because, you know, I definitely went through that, but we'll get to that for sure. Next week, we got some interviews coming at you. Uh, back on our regular schedule and we got our annual print austin special episodes coming where we talk to artists that were selected for the five by five print down there and that's always a good time so print austin and this year print austin and print santa fe so we'll be talking to some of those artists coming up here real soon so all the episodes we're getting back getting back to normal getting back to the business today we're just gonna vibe off some light we're gonna talk about artist calls and my experience as the juror Picking stuff and awarding prizes, all that stuff we've been through in the last year. Uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it, giving you some tips, how to do it, my experience, all that good stuff. So when we come back, we talking that good talk right here on the noise, baby. Yes. Hello, hello, everybody. My name is George F. Baker III, and I'm an illustrator and muralist based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And you are now listening to the Studio Noise Podcast. All right, it's the noise. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the call. You know what I'm talking about. The call. You hear the voices in the back of your head telling you this. This is a wild, <laughs> wild video like that husband call. Have y'all seen this thing? Husband call video. I don't know why this tripped me out so much. This is so dumb. Look at the stuff people do when they can't make art. That's why everybody should just stick to, like, making art, yo. <laughs> I don't know what they be doing. People got too much free time and no interest. Get yourself some hobbies, yo, or else you'll be uh, doing the husband call in Idaho. <laughs> Whatever that is. But anyway, I'm not talking about the husband call. I'm talking about the artist calls. You know, we spend so much of our time as artists just out there scrolling the Internet, looking uh, checking the newspapers and magazines and all that stuff, looking for any opportunity, any but any space nook and cranny we can possibly get for the opportunity to show our artwork. We want just want to get it out in the public because we all got the idea if we just if 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 they just see it, <laughs> if they just see it, they're gonna get it, they're gonna love it, you know. And so we out here. The artist calls is definitely one of the main ways that I always tell people. Uh, my students at Georgia State or anybody to build up inventory, yo, to build up uh, notoriety, to get some on your CV. You go ahead and open up your computer, get on the Internet, go to callforentry.org. You go to artcall.org. You go to Jewett, uh Services and get on the 
newsletter list. You got to get on the newsletter list. They put it right in your inbox. Too many emails. My, to be honest with you, my inbox is full with all these calls. But every organization, every uh, government, county, building, everybody's got a little artist call because they want to put a show. Everybody wants art as the addendum to the thing. Right. They want to see you and your work up in there to put pretty pictures on the wall. So everything ain't plain. And so everybody's got some kind of opportunity for you and you just got to find whatever works for you. And it's a matter of you got to put yourself out there in terms of getting it, um, finding it, uh, keeping track of like particular prizes. But me, I've got an opportunity over the last year to approach some of this stuff a little differently because I've been getting selected to be a juror for a lot of these things, particularly because, quite frankly, I got my MFA. And so MFA automatically assumes that I spent three years in school studying. I'm learning. I know something about something. (laughs) And I do. And people listen to this podcast so they know I talk a little bit. I know what I'm talking about. I make sound decisions. People can relate to what I'm saying. They respect my they respect my artwork. You know what I mean? Like, you know, your boy do all right with the with the artworks, too. And so people respect the artwork and they respect how I talk about it. And so I get called in to do a lot of interesting things, you know, being being part of like student uh, university, student student jury shows has been interesting and fun to see a lot of new, fresh, creative work. Um, the big thing that I got to do in the last year was to be a juror for the Hudgens Prize. And for you, you don't know about the Hudgens Prize, the Hudgens Center for Art and Learning uh, puts on this event where they give out a stunning cash award, as they say, <laughs> stunning cash awards. $50,000 and a solo exhibition for one talented Georgia artist. And so I got to be on the jury. It was really tremendous. So we got Lauren Tate's Beza, uh, who was part of it, curated at the High Museum. Big shout out to Lauren. Got to get you on a podcast, girl. And we had Tom Francis, who was Professor Emeritus at the SCAD uh, down here in Atlanta. Uh, another tremendous artist, been doing it for a very long time and, and a lot of good collections. Then it was your boy, Professor of Art at Georgia State and printmaker, working artist. So, and I had a good little jury going on there. I think we had a lot of fun. So when we get to be on the jury, one, you get to look at the, the full like extent of people that apply for this kind of thing. And it goes by the prize. So you can imagine 50 G's. It's not a little prize. <laughs> it's not, it is definitely not. That's a life changing amount of money. It means just like playing the lottery. You know what I mean? If you can get a ticket and be a part and maybe win 50 G's based on just the stuff that you do is pretty great. And so you get a lot of entries with a ton of entries in this thing. Uh, you can imagine. And being a juror is very interesting. I, I think I want to bring on Lauren to talk more about it in detail so we can really like tell you about it. So I just briefly go over in general, like what it's like. It's like you probably kind of get a, a link and they should give you like 300 <laughs> 300 entries of all these people and all their artwork and them filled it out and trying to figure it out. So you weed through them. Uh, you get it all the way down. You picked a couple of finalists. Um, then the finalists uh, for the Hudson Prize, we picked four this year. It was Olu Amoda, um, Shaniqua Gay, big shout out to Shaniqua, Jessica Self, big shout out to Jess and Jamel Wright Sr., uh, three finalists. And they put on the show. Um, that was kind of the, and you do it in parts. You do studio visits too. So we talk to them, do studio visits with the finalists after you selecting them and, you know, you get to know them, you get to see their work. Then they put on the show. The show at the Hudgens was uh, tremendous. It was just, it was just an amazing show. Some, one of the best shows 
that I've seen the Hudgens put on. It was so hard. I can't tell you how hard it was to, to, to pick through because the work was so different, but the work was so great, too. Uh, it's, 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 <laughs> I, I can't tell you how hard it is. I'll talk more about it when I get one of the judges on here. Um, but then you pick a winner and then the winner gets gets the money like it's a whole thing. You celebrate it. It's, it's good times. Good times all around. But for me, it really didn't get hard. It's not hard in the beginning uh, because, you know, when you think about it, is there a hundred artists that are really in contention? Probably not. And that's not to say, you know, none of these people are worthy to make art and they should stop and go work at Target and nothing like that. That's not what I'm saying. But just like when you look at the levels of artists that are involved in this thing, um, right off the bat, you can eliminate probably 75 percent of them um, just based on the a lot of things. And this is probably some tips that people want to take with them. Um, one, the presentation of your work. You have to go through the whole process of getting your work properly photographed. That is essential because when you open up some of these files, you're looking at 200, 300 entries, um, you know, bad pictures, you automatically, you can't consider them because you don't know what the thing looks like for real. Right. Um, get your, get your writing together, just have all the basic information for the call. And that can be anything from like having the right phone number, the right email address, like the right, like when we ask for statements about your work, have a complete statement that makes sense <laughs> that you thought through. And that is, that supports and gets people interested in, in the thing, like whatever it is. We consider every medium. There was a wide knowledge base in terms of art. So it's not like we were just like, yeah, I just had a preference. I just like blue paintings. So everything in there is a blue painting. It's not, that's not that thing. Like everything was respected properly, but just without like those basic two things, following the directions and taking good pictures, you're already out of contention in the first place. Now, the second thing you got to deal with is the jurors themselves have their own attitudes about stuff. Like I like a lot of different artwork and I don't know how that compares to every other juror that you have. But you do have to. You, you have to accept the fact that as the juror, like my opinion is the opinion that matters in that moment. But I'm not the only opinion. I'm not saying that, you know, just because I didn't pick you for the, the Hudgens Prize doesn't mean that you like suck as an artist or. Like, I hate your work is not that it's not that at all. It's just the fact that there's only four spots. And there were, if I can recall, 12 people that I thought were like really deserving, but I can only pick four. And so some of it is nitpicky stuff. Some of it is, you know, fundamental arguments about what goes in and what doesn't. And so it's, it's a bigger process than you think. Um, but just the need for just to follow directions and take great pictures. You know, students have an advantage, a big advantage is because at Georgia State, I can think of. They have a photography department, <laughs> so all those people have cameras, the really great cameras with, you know, the, the hundred billion gillion <laughs> bits on it. And so if you get with them, you make friends and, you know, y'all work together, they can make a good amount of money just taking pictures of other people's artwork in the art building. And. They need to take pictures to get better at it in the first place because it's hard to take pictures, you know, and just in terms of getting even lighting, uh, how to set up your camera, um, even how do you edit the pictures so that they give you a true reflection of what we're looking at. <clears throat> All of that stuff really matters. That's what I learned in, in terms of that. So that's what I'm taking with me as I leave 
well, not leave, but as I continue to be a juror, but also want to promote myself. This is the kind of lessons that I'm learning uh, just by looking at and being a part of these processes. How much can be swayed by a great artist statement? You know, like being able to convey your contention, your intentions in written form. I mean, that's priceless <laughs> because some of the stuff you look at don't make no sense at all. And then you read it and then it kind of make well, it's, it'll either go two ways. One, you read a little explanation and then it makes perfect sense. Read the explanation and it doesn't relate to the artwork at all. So be careful. Don't don't get too fast and loose with your words now because <laughs> it ain't going it ain't going to work out for you in the end. And so I've, I've had the pleasure of doing that. One of the comments that I had when we talked about the Hank Willis Thomas piece last week was like some people push back with the idea that you shouldn't be talking about other people art. And I just don't believe that one. I think you any every artist can be critiqued by everybody. Right. There's no one level of qualification you're going to have for me. Now I can I can tell people about their work or not <laughs> compared to like somebody else. Everybody has an opinion. Now, I think one of the things that I get picked to be a juror now is because I can verbalize um, what it is that I'm looking for, what I see, why I picked it, so on and so forth. And so that to me is a, is a benefit for why I get chosen for some of this stuff. Um, it's also a benefit for you to be able to see like what what a cold reading of your work really is, because you don't know. You know, some some people is on that Erica Badu now. <laughs> some people get on that Erica Badu now. What she say? Yeah. Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> That's right. Some of y'all is sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> too sensitive. Some of y'all just use that quote to hide behind. So ain't, can't nobody tell you that your faces look crooked. That's what I'm talking about. Let's <laughs> go talk about it. Then let's talk about it. We got to be honest now that when you do put your work up, it ain't you can't just hide behind. I made this thing. I'm an artist. You can't tell me whether it's right or wrong. That's not it. Like you're up against other pieces. So I have to judge you against other stuff. You have to put your work up and be and how can I tell you what level your work is on? Because I got two eyes. <laughs> you want to be honest? I got two eyes. I can see. I know what's good and what's not good. Right. Or at least at least they trust my judgment about what's good and what's not good. That's why I get to be the juror. Right. And to be on the panel. And it's not malicious. I never malicious in how I'm doing it. And anybody that I've ever judged and asked me what I thought about the work, I'll be completely honest with you. My students at Georgia State and anywhere would will tell you. I'm very honest about work, just in terms of breaking it down, what I feel like will work. And I can explain it. We can have a back and forth and create a discord. And I think is is something that we all need to do. I get it from my work all the time. Like I, I seek it out. I want people to tell me what they think. Tell me what you see. Tell me if you are hearing what I'm saying, because if you're not, then I fundamentally need to stop and rethink what I'm doing and not just you know, just say that whatever I make is cool and nobody should ever talk about it. I don't believe that's true. Not at all. I think it's, it's part of <laughs> it's part of the thing that we do is to put it out for critique. And so we'll you'll either see it from a juror or from a critic or from like even just somebody in the audience at attendance uh, that will tell you whether your stuff is good or not. Or you'll see it in dollars in terms of if your stuff is not good, nobody's going to pay you for it. And you keep making the same thing, just mad that the world should just pay you 
And that's not true. <laughs> There's some things that need to be improved. And, you know, you get people to tell you about it. That's the point of critique. Now, beyond that, I got the opportunity to be the juror for the annual uh, jury exhibition at Mint ATL. You know, if you listen to the podcast, I've done a couple of artist talks um, at Mint with their uh, leap year artists, which is a tremendous program that they have. And I'm always glad to have to be in conversation with the people um, with the stuff that they're making. But I got the opportunity to create a call, which is another <laughs> completely different level of in terms of doing things. Um, I, I had to think about it because I've never written a call before. And so I'm wondering, like, and maybe this is a question for y'all and y'all can reply like on, on IG or send your boy a voice memo or something like that. I added to the podcast's response. But like, what do you look for in a call that makes it interesting? Right. Is it is it the prize that you look for like immediately or is it something interesting that inspires you to make work or is it just the qualifications for who meets it? Like, I think it's a little bit of all of that. But like, do you have like a hierarchy of what you do? I think in some and most of it, I'm thinking, well, one, can I get to it? This is somewhere where, you know, if you're just mailing your work off to all these random places, um, can I afford to do it? Do I want to do it? Can I pay for the entry fee? Could, would it be OK to handle and pay for the shipping? Is it worth it? Um, you know, you get your stuff together, sign up for it's fine. I'll go for I think this mint call is through cafe call for entry. Um, we call it cafe, but I think it's through, through cafe. So you can, I know you create a profile, you load up your images and you kind of click the boxes or you can pay the entry fee. I think this is a $15 uh, donation for a fee. I think Mint is, Mint, is a, Mint is a great gallery where they try to like pay all the people that's involved and they're not trying to tax people too much, but it's almost like a donation. Um, some of the entry call for it. But, you know, just have like minimum experience, accepting all 2D and 3D mediums, all kinds of stuff. So when I thought about this call, I thought about, um, you know, something interesting that would inspire to get good work rather than just making stuff like, you know, this stuff is about and this is not a shot to nobody. But this is Afrofuturism. Give me, you know, your best piece about, <laughs> about Afrofuturism or something like that. So I wanted to make a little something that's a little bit more creative. Because a lot of it is a lot of this stuff is real general. So if I'm putting together a show, hopefully if people are working hard enough to make something in particular for the show, like it'll come together a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? So let's see this call. The show I came up with the name Midnight for the show. Uh, in the depths of night, we are alone without thoughts. The daylight can distract and deflect away. But all truths get revealed in the night solitude. Artists that can reflect on that moment, create work infused with passion and honesty. In this exhibition, we seek work exploring the truths that we only tell ourselves in the dark, how we speak to ourselves about ourselves, what are our true desires, what or who do we really want the day to bring us? Let me tell you how I came up with this. I thought about this because I have been having this kind of low grade insomnia for like a few years now. And uh, when I talked to my mama, she had the same thing, too. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what it is like when I was in the family or whatnot. But every like once in a while, like one o'clock in the morning, I just wake up like completely. I'm up, up. 
uh, just randomly for no reason. And then my wife is asleep. My kids asleep. It's dark. I can't just go through and turn on the TV or, or do whatever. So I'm just like sitting there and, you know, you think about all kinds of stuff in that moment. And I think about a lot of like, and I find myself reliving like moments in my life from like long time ago that I completely forgot about. And I don't know why they randomly pop up like that. But like a lot of these things is like stuff that I was regret or things that I like was embarrassed by or like a lot of times I just sit there and think about like, yo, I should have done this with the artwork that I made that day. And so it's, it's all these random ideas that I get that when I'm up and by myself in the daytime, I'd never think like that. I don't, I don't like look back on my life, like in, and examine myself <laughs> in the middle of the day. I usually just, you know, go find something to do. Um, but in, you know, in those moments, I thought, I thought that was a really interesting idea. So I hope that that inspired people to like make like decent work. And so I don't know. I, I, and maybe I overthought it. Maybe I should just be like, yeah, just give me your good stuff. <laughs> maybe that would be enough. But I, you know, I'm hoping to put together something like super nice. But I think that if we like really just sit back and think like, you know, the people that are making um, these calls, the people that do go through and, and are jurors and jurors for this type of stuff, I think they are serious about it. I know I'm serious about it. I take it very seriously. And I want to put together the best show possible, not just because I like the show, but I think having your work beside other good work enhances the work too. And so like part of that, I think is, is super interesting in terms of conversation. And so, you know, you got to get it, get yourself together, get on these calls. I would suggest to a lot of people just make a list of all the shows that you went to and enjoyed, make a list of it. And, you know, you got to check the dates and stuff and see, can you find when the show takes place? If it's annual, I know the Hudgens prize, I think they usually accept um, submissions until March, but it's like stuff like that. You just need to make a list. Um, don't make work for the show in particular, just make your work, make the best thing you possibly can. And then you put it out there. That's the best way to do it for me. And I think that a lot of the artists that I've, I've met and that we picked and won awards and stuff like that. I think that's their story. They're making the best work they possibly can. They're true to themselves. They have a vision and direction. They're masterful in what they do. Always appreciate your craft. And when you put it together, that part, it can't be ignored. Somebody's going to see it eventually. You keep making it. Keep making that noise. And somebody's going to hear you eventually. That's for real. And that's it. Another episode. Studio noise in the bag. Thank you for listening to this episode. Just, just one man perspective. One juror. Just talking about what I feel and what I see. Hopefully gave you some tips to help you out. Hopefully gave you something to think about. Hopefully you're getting your stuff together to apply for these calls. Get some of this money. <laughs> Get out of these spaces. Put your artwork out there. To all my artists out there. Don't be afraid of critique. Don't think that you can control everybody's opinion. You get good information just because I walked in there and saw it. I'm going to tell you what I think. It can help you. I want you to grow. You can do it. Your work is good enough. Don't be scared of it. 
good old critique from your boy jay barber and keep making that noise i want to see it it's your boy i'll see y'all next week peace thank you for listening to the studio noise podcast subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts please take a second to rate us and write a review to make sure everybody knows about the noise follow us on instagram at studio noise podcast 